Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 20 of the regular wrestling review, The Big 2-0. The podcast can almost go and get a drink down on Broadway in Nashville if they wanted to. But thank you guys for joining so much. My name is Andrew Vindelis, as always, accompanied by Taylor Yates. And Taylor Yates, we promised a big surprise for this episode, did we not? We did indeed, and we are delivering on our promises as we usual. Always do. We have we have never not once delivered no, on no, a promise. No, not at all. Get a hundred percent success rate on promises on this podcast. Hey, we remember Conrad, right? Yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we have the first ever ECCW Carolina Chaos Champion Chuck Edwards joining us today on the podcast. Chuck, how are you doing? Man, you know, it feels pretty damn good to be a champ. Not Hell yeah. That's awesome, man. What you I been bet. up to? What you been up to other than uh, winning your... Uh, this was your first title, I heard. Is that true? First ever title. Yes, sir. And, yes, you've, sir. and if I'm checking my notes correctly, you've only been wrestling since September. That is, that is also true. If you see this man that in the ring, impressive. ladies and gentlemen, if you see him in the ring, he, I, I, I told uh, the Stooge in the production truck a couple weeks ago and when I heard this match was going on, I said Chuck is like, to me at least, a blend of American Dragon Daniel Bryan and a little bit of Finn Balor in the ring. I don't know how much I nailed that, but you got that quick offense and you move quicker than 80% of the roster, I'd say. And the fact that you've only been wrestling since September and now you picked up your first title, we got a lot of faith in you, brother, because you are talented. I got to tell you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I definitely, uh, definitely have some big things coming. That's for sure. Who are some people you'd want to defend that title against? Do you Oof. have any off the top of your head in the Carolina area? Man, the list... Uh the list is very long, very long. It goes uh, anywhere from, I need my rematch with Kerry Morton, that's for sure. Oh, um, dude, that was a fun one to call. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he uh, rolled you he up. He got the best of me, yeah. And that uh, that shouldn't happen again, definitely not. Ooh. Snooty Fox per, 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 uh, potentially in the mix, too, because I saw you, you battled him for the Central Carolina title not too long ago. Yeah, Snooty and... Uh, also, I would like to actually finish a match with Cam Carter. Oh, okay. yeah, that okay. was that was when you got injured, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh man, was what was it? Your ankle? No, I uh, I dislocated my elbow. Oh, your elbow? That's what it was. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was. Oh man, I can't imagine how that felt. Well, uh, you know, honestly, I didn't. I didn't feel a thing. It was really. Uh, I, I guess it was just all the adrenaline I had in me. And I happened to be able to put it back in place. And uh, <laughs> I drove, drove home and went to sleep. And said, ow, the next morning, yeah. I bet. Jeez, oh, man. Yeah. Finished the match. You did all that? Or did now you not they, finish the match? They yeah, call they it off? This, yep. They had to call it off. Oh, but now there'll be a title on the line. Yep. So that's nice. Yep. So how did you get your start in, in wrestling? What kind of led you to where you are? Man, so wrestling has always been a part of my life. I started when I was three years old. Um, I just, one day I walked in and, and my dad was watching, watching wrestling. And ever since then, I, that's, that's all I watched. From probably about three years old till right in the middle of high school. Mm. And uh, it kind of, to me, kind of fell off a little bit. So I took a... Took a step back and um, 
you know, got into other sports and I, I wrestled in high school as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, um, I took a, I got a job, went to school, went to college, got a job. And then, uh, somebody led me to boogie. Oh, and, nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's a legend. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Any, t- any chance anybody gets to listen to that man, you, you, he speaks nothing but just great knowledge. Hall of Famer, too, if I remember yes. correctly. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I believe Chuck is talking about Jimmy Valiant, Carolina yep. legend. And you actually, you actually had him hyping you up in the build up to this match. So what was it like sitting under his learning tree? Oh, man, it's, it was amazing. It was amazing. I actually, uh, I, you know, I credit all my, all my uh, abilities to him. And when we had, when COVID hit, it was just me and Lee Valiant ah. at the, uh, at the school. And I learned so much. It was just me and Lee for 16 weeks. Oh, wow. Me, Lee, and actually his uh, old tag team partner, mm. uh, Chris Collins. Gotcha. Lee's a hell of a talent in the ring too. And on the oh, mic, yeah. on the mic, he makes you hate him, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, a lot dude. of people say that we look alike, and I, uh, I think that's he's hilarious. like your evil twin brother, dude. Yeah, yeah. that's how you can run with it. <laughs> that's some. Well, I won't. We won't book that for you. Then don't yeah. worry. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Taylor, you got don't any questions any for the champ? Don't give me any ideas. You got any questions um, for the champ as the general manager? Yeah. Well, I mean. We've talked about, you know, who you want to face, you know, in, in the future. But, you know, what are some of your just overall career goals? Where, where do you want to be in the wrestling industry? Who do you want to face? Well, I, uh, I don't want to say that I want to go as far as I can because that's very, very, very generic. But I appreciate I, um, it. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I want to, man... I want to be a Hall of Famer. That is that is my goal. I feel like I, especially as quick as I've learned, I feel like I can get even better, even faster now that I've gotten a, a decent amount of basics under my belt. Mm-hmm. I can just focus on, you know, being that being that Chuck Edwards, the the guy that I've pictured myself being since, you know, since I was a little kid, and I want to. I want to headline, you know, every major pay-per-view I can, whether that yeah, be, man. you know, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan, WWE, wherever. ECCW. Um, ECCW. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, absolutely. That will be happening. Don't worry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Well, I, I like, the, I like the, the lofty goals. It means, it means me as, as the general manager, it means I got I to gotta put some uh, – some high expectations. Put on some that. respect on the champ's Absolutely. name as well, Absolutely. Taylor. Come on. No, okay. Oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just busting your chops. Taylor, you got any more questions for our champ? Oh, you know me. I'm not much of a questions guy. Oh, I got you. Oh, I got one, I guess. Uh, I, I, I mentioned the wrestlers who I think kind of I see when I watch a Chuck Edwards match. But Chuck, who are the wrestlers like you grew up emulating or people that have influenced your style in ring? Hmm. Or some just some of your favorites, even now well, or past. Everybody loves the Rock and Stone Cold. That uh, you know that whole rivalry was great. Yeah, 
But um, I see, I see Daniel Bryan, um, and I know uh, a lot of people told me I look like him as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Ring of Honor but, days, right? Just the just the technicality of him, uh, mm-hmm. Finn Balor, Kyle Riley, yeah, Dean yeah. Malenko, you know, Eddie Guerrero. Just I want to be that technical wrestler, so I look up to to the technical wrestlers. Yeah, and, um, yeah. You know, I, I learned, uh, learned the hard way. I'm not a high flyer and that's fine. <laughs> you, you know, and uh, now I'm, now I'm more focused than ever. Just ready to, ready to tear the indie scene up, ready to tear oh, yeah, any, man. any wrestling scene up. You got the foot stomp down at least, you know, yeah, that, that moves brutal. I love that. Yeah. shit. Yeah. No matter who does yeah, it, man, dude, I'm never, I'm never taking that shit. Oh, <laughs> I, that is the move. I want to take the least when just, I'm eventually in the ring, a grown adult, Stomping on your chest. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound fun, but on the giving end, it's probably a thrill. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, Chuck, we were going back and forth on what match we should watch with you, and we ended up uh, deciding on John Cena versus Rob Van Dam, One Night Stand 2006. Were you watching wrestling around this time? Yeah. Um, I see. I want to say 2005. Uh, well, I started watching around um, about 99. Uh-huh. And uh, 2005, they had Great American Bash in Norfolk, Virginia, I believe. Oh, hell yeah. Either. And so I was visiting family, and we stayed at the Double Street Hotel. And I ran into uh, Teddy Long and Nunzio. Uh, holy uh, crap that's yeah. awesome and you know <clears throat> as a little kid I, I was in uh fifth grade so as a little kid you know your parents say you don't talk to strangers well you know they're not strangers to me yeah and you see them you know i see them every every you know tuesday every thursday and uh yeah so i ran up to them they were getting ice and i was like whoa like you're Nunzio, you're Teddy Long, and, and my oh, mom, oh. man, she, whew, she was pissed. She grabbed me like <laughs> we were going going back to the room, and then they stopped us, and he talked to the man like, "How old were you I, around this time?" I was about ten. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know that Nunzio is having a sh- uh, will be well, little Guido. Sorry, will yeah, be true, uh, true. he'll be at Imperial Pro. Uh, pretty soon, June nineteenth, I believe. And oh man! The goal is to go up there, if not anything, to shake that man's hand and tell him, you know, thank you, because you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really understand that you know wrestlers are, you know, everyday people. Yeah. So, and most of us have, you know, most of us have full time jobs outside of wrestling. So. You know, it's it just uh, you know it made me feel great that these guys welcome me with open arms, just like anybody else would. Shock Teddy Long didn't make a tag team match on the spot. Ah, dude, me and him against the Undertaker. Yeah, one on one with the Undertaker. Dude, that's an <laughs> awesome story, though. So I bet you that only fueled your want to get into the business eventually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Absolutely, man. 
that's awesome. So this is right around the time, like right after that experience, you're probably oh yeah glued to the product. Cause 2006, I was like, it's probably eight. Yeah. Seven going eight when this came out. I was, as if you listen to the podcast, you know, 2006, that's my jam. Ruthless aggression era wrestling. That's yes. my, and now all the people are starting to be like throwback wrestlers from the ruthless, ruthless aggression era. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. These are my guys. I like, yeah. you know, I don't know if you guys feel that way when you watch wrestling now and they talk oh, yeah. about the throwback, oh, yeah. but RVD no, and Cena. Like I remember RVD coming out there on Monday night raw on Saturday mornings when they did the replays. Yep. and he had the tie-dye money in the bank and he challenged Cena leading up to this I remember watching that as a little kid so yeah and Taylor I know you started watching a little bit later yeah well it's crazy for me and it always makes me nostalgic because when I see like like Dominic Mysterio was like, was a kid. like that's a guy I grew up watching that's his kid and he's wrestling now in a tag yeah. team for the titles nevertheless yeah. Yeah. So yeah, as crazy. more and more wrestling children keep getting like involved from like the people that I grew up watching, it's just going to be crazy for me. Yeah. Well, this match is crazy as well, Taylor, because this is an extreme rules match under ECC, uh, ECCW rules. We yes. wish. We wish. ECW Carolina rules. rules. Carolina Chaos rules. Yes, that's what this match is contested One under. One, One day. day. <laughs> I hope you're ready, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Bring it. But um, so we got RVD versus John Cena, and this match is full of a bunch of stuff that is just off the rails. This is one of my favorite matches from my childhood. So I'm excited to watch it with you, Chuck. I'm excited to watch it with you, Taylor. Everyone, fire up the cock. You know the drill. Peacock loaded up to one night stand 2006. We are going to go to the time frame two hours, seven minutes, 11 seconds. That's 20711. Gave you time to pause just there. So, now that you're with us, I only got one question. Taylor, you ready? Oh, yeah. Chuck, are you ready? Yes, sir. We will go on the count of three. We will go on three. So, everybody... Oh, God, my thing. My browser just almost shut down on me. That's good that it didn't. Yeah. All right, everybody. We will go on the count of three. One, two, three. Get the intro well, in Thomas there. has the... The TVMA next to it. Remember Fuck wrestling with TVMA? Like that, dude. <laughs> this was right before PG died, like 06, 07. Yeah. And that's like the original EC, ECW guy, right? Like the guy who I did all the... So. Bricks, I so. I think so. I started watching more ECW over quarantine, and the more it went on, the worse it got. The more ECW huh. dragged on by like 2000... But damn, when Dude, it was I good. Actually, I got to, uh, I got to chop it up with uh, Just Incredible. How was um, that? Great, man. Really? He's a good guy. Good guy. He was also and, uh, on a Wrestling Society X. We watched that a couple weeks ago. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, man. So you got to wrestle him? No, I uh, uh, got to talk to him. Yeah, gotcha. I just man, Facetime, well, Facetime a little bit and just. Kind of talk wrestling, yeah, man. Well, I mean, you know, and it was, uh, man, it was, it was great, great experience. Because you know, he, I knew him from the invasion. So, oh, two thousand one. Damn. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, it's upon a time. I know. And then going back to, like, who would think, like, for our age, John Cena being a legend. 
Yeah. That is yeah. just Oh my god, insane. we're about to we're about That's to hear how he gets the shit booed out of him too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I love not this. just being a legend, but being a, a global superstar. Right. Oh yeah, and now he's hosting Wipeout and been in movies the past decade. It really does kind mm -hmm. of feel weird that wrestling is behind John Cena for us. Yeah. You know? He's in like 15 different commercials too. <laughs> yeah. Truly following in the Rock's footsteps. Well, that's how he yeah. got there. Not as good of an ass quit kisser as Dwayne. <laughs> the promo that got me back into wrestling. And, and to be fair, I think John Cena's acting chops might be a, a bit more versatile than, than Dwayne's. I but, feel like, uh, I don't I don't know, dude. The Rock's a great actor. I will not take any slander I, I on the Rock. I wouldn't say that, you know. I just wouldn't say that. We love Dwayne. We love. Yeah, Dwayne. we love Dwayne. John, I mean, we love the guy, but hey, we love that. You think very John's more character. versatile? He has a very Dwayne has a very specific. Oh, it's very character. alpha male. Very uh, very what? Testosterone filled. Stained. Gray shirt. The gray shirt. It's yeah. got to be gray so you can see the sweat. Right. <laughs> Did that dude have an RVE tattoo on his stomach, or was that Sharpie? God, I hope so. <laughs> we need that, if Cena wins, we riot sign. Such a great I sign. Some, uh, I think that gets some airtime. Oh, dude. I, I remember oh, watching that, this. It has all the commentary, too. Oh, there it is. Oh, there it is, yep. Here we go. Yeah, Shockingly, everybody, this isn't 2015 yeah. Monday Night Raw. And if you look at Cena, he like doesn't know how to react to this at all. <laughs> this is before Cena knew how to take the booze to the chin, I feel like. Yeah, because he was still also coming. Like, it, this was, I mean. This was Cena wins LOL. This is Cena wins LOL era. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but this is, uh, he, he was still at least familiar with being a heel because he had been it earlier. I mean, I don't know when he stopped being a heel. 2003? 04? 04, yeah. Right before Mania. He has to like access that personality that he hasn't used in a long time. But it's, I feel like it's easier for him here than it ha was in like, you know, 2015 when he was used to being the superstar that the kids loved and but Cena, everyone loved until. Yeah. You know, Cena does smarts. work at like a heel kind of style in this match, if I remember oh, yeah, correctly. And but I like what I like about 2015 when John Cena gets booed is that he just keeps being himself. He yeah. just turns it up, you know. <laughs> and even then, he does work kind of like more grounded. Yeah, but he also, I mean, he couldn't be a heel in 2015. There we go. There's the side. Perfect. Count the amount of middle fingers Cena gets uh, as a drinking game, and you'll be very drunk. I will tell you that. Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah. Good I don't thing I have to go back to work. Yeah. Past the entrances. Such a cool place to just call wherever you're from. Battle Creek, Michigan. My brother and I used to be obsessed with Nesquahoning, Pennsylvania. Do you know who's from there? No, no clue, actually. 
Gene Snitsky. Gene oh, Snitsky. Man. It wasn't yeah, his fault. Yeah, I no, it wasn't his fault. I don't know why we. Did, I thought we just. I think we were children. And we were like, ah, that name is funny. And Snitsky yeah. scared the scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't like him. Ugly ass teeth. Yeah. Oh, like ECW him. Yeah. yeah. When he looked like a thumb. I saw this. <laughs> I can't remember what uh, what wrestler put this out, but uh, I saw something on Twitter like the other day that someone was at a at a bank. Mm. And um, they said, uh, "Oh yeah, like I, they were making small talk and said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional wrestler.'" And the bank teller was a woman. Was like, "Oh, my husband's a professional wrestler." And he, the guy, expected it to be like some, you know, some just indie local guy. indie guy. And then she goes, "Who's your husband?" And she goes, "Gene Snitsky." Oh my god! <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. So that was good for hilarious. Gene. Good for I, Gene. Glad he found happiness. Yeah, he threw it back. That's yeah, oh, that's classic. Yeah, I love that shit. Oh, he's he's talking up the referee too. Somebody had <laughs> the pop, dude. That's what I love about crowd. I miss that about crowds. Granted, the crowd's acting like total shitheads, but I love it. Yeah. I was about to see better go all four corners. This dude has a cannon. Watch this. This dude, this dude launches the shirt. Oh, he's spinning. I think he blows his nose, is it? Hey, fuck you. Oh, that was a security fuck you. That's a security. Yeah, he has, he has a security <laughs> ne- necklace. It's hilarious. Not the security. That was an odd reference, Joey. <laughs> well, Joey's an odd guy. So. That's true. I say, hey, I do commentary solo, so I say I take Joey Styles as an inspiration. Maybe not that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, oh my God! It's here though. Do I see uh, Vladimir the uh, super fan at like at ringside? Who? Do you remember? You saw he got like a, a um like a plaque from WWE at WrestleMania. That's awesome. He was yeah, like yeah, yeah, inducted as their like first official like super fan. All right, so they need the Brock Lesnar guy and the guy who's always in the cap and the flannel or the cap and the denim. Those are the next two that need yeah. to go in. Yeah. Do we put Frank in there? The clown? No. 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 Absolutely not. Do so you just not like we him? Gotta get a, we gotta get Sign Guy. I don't think he's really around anymore, but. Sign Guy is him. the Brock Lesnar dude, right? Or no? No, no, no. That's the Brock Lesnar guy is a different guy. Okay. Sign Guy was around more in the, like, Ruthless Aggression era, Attitude era. Sign Guy Dudley. And, nah, we need that. Um, true. He had he always had like a blue bowling shirt, I think, or something. Oh, I, know. I know who you're talking about. If yeah. you saw his signs, you'd know. But uh-huh. he stopped. I think he, uh, he. He. I haven't seen him in years. He's in so. AEW now, actually. <laughs> I'm, they signed him to a contract. <laughs> Tony Khan broke the bank for him, and now he has "Where Is My Mind" as his theme too. Um, he's gonna they'll use him as a plant at the for the next. Oh, Cody we'll get to that. <laughs> I actually really like the suplex Cena does as they chant, you can't wrestle. The fisherman? 
Yeah. Yeah. Did someone, is that an action figure that I just saw in the ring? <laughs> I don't know. They're throwing a bunch yeah. of shit in there. The one dude just drinking his Bud Light, staring down at Cena. <laughs> is this the one where they had uh, Raw and SmackDown in the uh, balconies? Yes. No, actually. That was 2005. Dude, yeah, I clearly know a lot about 2005 and not anything about 2006. Yeah, dude, 2006 gets overshadowed, but it was a really good show. I liked it. You know who Tanaka I... faced in this one? Balls Mahoney. And Mahoney oh, yes. rocked wow. his shit with a chair. Of course he did. <laughs> Beautiful move. Yep. That's just a lot of balance, I can imagine. Oh, yeah. Chuck, what's the toughest move that you do? What do you think is like the hardest one for you to execute? That you still get, obviously. <laughs> well, so I've been doing like uh, the Dustin Rhodes suplex. Oh, and yeah, for, yeah. For some reason, it just, it is the hardest thing for me to get both of us to rotate. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like I, that corkscrew suplex, move. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's hard, I bet. Anything where you got to yeah. get you and the other guy to twist? Especially right. in the air. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, it shouldn't be that hard, but I make it. I make it so hard for no reason. It's just... Mm. And your finisher is... That's a... Uh, well, I have two actually. I oh, have dope. the uh, the foot stomp, and yeah. then I have the I Charlie the foot stomp horse. Was one of them. The Charlie horse. Yeah. So I have never used it. Oh, we're, we're getting insider scoop ah, here. We yeah. are oh. insider scoop. The, the higher ups here at ECCW getting the scoops. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty much a scorpion uh, scorpion leg lock. Oh. But. I uh, I have a little tweak to it, man. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's nice. It is dirty. Okay, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. You don't I'm need like to give it away, it but you yeah, dude, it. you don't give away your finish. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited yeah, to call it. Then I'll look. I'll be on the lookout for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just flipping Cena off right as he lands, <laughs> as he hits a flying nothing. The, the North Carolina crowds at full capacity, they're rowdy like this. I'm not going to lie, dude. Like 2019, oh, yeah. like Taylor, you remember Barbara? <laughs> oh, yeah, the crowds I, I at Barbara, the they would, yeah, they would like was... nearly fight wrestlers. Yeah, it was, it was something else. Burlington, North Carolina, baby. We love it. The old CWF crowds were great. Ah, uh, we don't talk about them. Man, see, I wish, I really wish I could have been at that time. They were popping too right before they shit hit the fan there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, once. That's more Trevor talent for us, left, folks. That's more talent yeah, for us. That is <laughs> true. I, I do think once Trevor left, it was going to be Something. hard to keep things going. And I'm very happy. And I'm very happy. Trevor slash Cameron is doing fucking amazing, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a he's highlight a of television every week, dude. Yeah. 
And his finisher and, is is a cave-in, like a foot stomp like that, yeah. too. Yeah. And, and, you know, you never would have guessed that, that the personality that he has now would have been the one no. that he has. He was super serious at CWF. And Impact. He was himself in, in CWF. And now he's got the... Like, the I do was he a face or a heel? He was a face because, I mean, he was the face of the He's a hometown boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was the hometown guy. So he was, he, for all I saw, he was a face. Um, I mean, gotcha. I didn't get to see, I mean, I wasn't there for a ton of it, but, um, but Ooh. yeah, he was a face. Oh, my God. Oh, dear, into the crowd. Can't wait for those spots to come back. <laughs> Nobody cough. Cena's taking it like a champ, though, I have to say. The fuck you seen a sign right in front of his face oh, as, people, as thousands of people right shouted at him. I cannot imagine going into a crowd this hostile. He put the sign oh, right on his did. face. Ah, that's amazing. Was this before so, Cena was calling when loud you're, spots? Watching... Oh, what? what? Never mind. Go ahead with your question. I was just being dumb. <laughs> Uh, Chuck, when you're when you're watching wrestling nowadays, um, or you know old matches, whatever whatever it might be, are you you know watching them, taking notes, or you watching them to enjoy them? Um, how has basically how has being a wrestler affected the way you watch it? Yeah, that's a question oh, I love asking. Well, you know, I never notice the talking aspect, mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I understood fairly early that. It was a work, but, you know, like, some of the matches I'll, I'll look back and on and be like, oh, wait, like, how the hell did he do that? And and I'll just, like, keep replaying it, replaying it just until it's I like can figure tape. it out. And yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's like, uh, it's almost like every day I'll have a little study hole and I'll watch, like, two to three matches and just... See what I can take from it. See how the crowd reacts. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of things. And watching, like watching John Cena, watching RVD, man. Like Ooh. these guys. These guys that move awesome. is slick. Whatever that leg drop was. Yeah. That's to hurt like shit, though. <laughs> and watching, like, watching this versus independent, I mean, of course, <clears throat> it's two different levels of talent. But like, so man, some of our independent matches are pretty damn close to this caliber. I've seen some great matches just in North Carolina alone. Right. I'm in Tennessee now, dude. I got to get out some indies. So if you know any Nashville indies, let me know. Oh, dude, I got plenty for you. I know Taylor does. Yeah, Taylor's got a whole laundry list he's got to send me. I got people. I got I got Twitter friends out there. See if we I'll can get uh, out there for SCI. For SCI. I'm, I'm trying to make it too, Ooh, brother. Uh, you ever been to the, you ever hot. been to one of those uh, little conventions, the wrestling conventions, little like two no. day thing? I've always no, wanted to man. go, dude. Yeah. Yeah. SCI isn't even like a like 
noted as like a it's not like a convention or anything it's just I didn't know how Twitter people to... decided Twitter people decided this is the show that we are all going to and that's that's what people go to hey it's better than yeah. GCW spring break I mean well if you don't want to you know if you want to be COVID, shambly but... yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to call it that or if you want Joey Janela to back down from a fight <laughs> <laughs> Pew pew, shooting cowboy. He ain't gonna hear this. Yeah. <laughs> we have a ceiling here. <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm one degree of separation away. I've actually DM'd. You are. You are communicated with them. Me on Twitter before. It I forgot about that. Island, but, but so, but still. Joy Janela to ECCW confirmed. Yeah. Hey, man. I, I, he will be the guest. Surprise! Your first challenger for the Carolina Chaos title is Joey Janela. Don't so. worry, you're going. Oh, o- don't yeah. worry, you're going over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to worry about that. You just have to, you know, take trash can shots and thumbtacks. But just, just beat, just beat his ass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, oh you, you got to do that. Actually, you got to do the split yeah. leg. <laughs> Jeez, man! I don't even know how you turn your body in time to even get that off. Well, Rob Van Dam is just like an athletic freak in terms yeah. of flexibility. He's legit one of the most flexible, like like the way he made his ever. neck look like it was broken on that cell right there. Jesus, yeah, the yeah. spike is gorgeous. Oh, the RKO remember, spike's my favorite. Yeah, I remember uh, like as a kid, I saw this. You've seen the picture of him like holding a dumbbell. It's like a, a fifty-pound dumbbell while doing splits on yeah, two chairs. Yeah. Yeah, and I like seeing that was just like blew my mind. Huh. I mean, it still blows my mind. <laughs> the you can wrestle chance coming back into play. Man, what could have been with ECW in two thousand six? I know, man. It just oh. oh. <laughs> Was this uh, was uh, December to dismember after this? Yes, it was or before this. I can't remember my dates. But, uh, <laughs> we watched that a while back, Taylor. Well, that was like first five did. episodes. That was our uh, Christmas back, special. Back when we, back when we were we podcasters. Yeah, I mean we, we still are, but still, still are, but uh, growing slowly. Small but fish in a small pond. <laughs> Is that the Brooklyn ball brawler in the balcony? I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, man. Kurt Angle left. Sure, it's offensive. Yeah, Kurt Angle leaving ECW hurt because this was Angle and Orton. This was one of Kurt's last matches. Yeah, this was one of his. I think it was his last match. No, he faced Sabu on a throwaway ECW. <laughs> of course, I remember uh, watching yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, because that was in the documentary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. The one where he left, and then he talked yeah. about being Perk Angle. Yeah. Lived up to that nickname. To be fair, we got a lot of Kurt Angle crazy shit in TNA. <laughs> Which was really yeah. nice. We'll have to revisit some of those eventually. Oh yeah, that that Samoa like the, Joe the, match the he cage, had. The cage moonsault against Samoa Joe, right? Yeah. Was it? I don't oh, know. No, that was you, Jeff you Jarrett. Know that was Jeff Jarrett. I don't know anything. Oh yeah, you don't. You <laughs> yeah. didn't watch TNA. I was in the trenches. Okay. 
Yeah, you were in. You were deep in the. Chuck, TNA. I don't know about you. I was in the trenches when they brought in Hogan and Bischoff. To See, TNA. I watched it. I watched uh, bits and pieces. Man, I stay do. away. Remember, yeah, <laughs> my my mom wouldn't let me watch. It wasn't appropriate for me. TNA as a child. wasn't. Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. I was not. My dad saw Sting on the screen and was like, "Oh, this is dope." <laughs> so yeah. Well, see, my dad uh, hates wrestling to this day. So. What really? Yeah, I got into wrestling because uh, like completely randomly, like because one of my friends kind of watched it and like I went over to his house and we played like SmackDown versus Raw. Oh, and the good, the good reason, games. Yeah, it like hooked me, and then like I just got super into it after that. So I, it was completely by chance that I got into wrestling. And now look nope. at me. Yeah. Ow. My favorite games were uh, it was SmackDown versus Raw, but SmackDown Here Comes the Pain and Just Bring It. The stories. Oh yeah, those like, are those are the hierarchy. Yeah. You could, yeah. That the is it just bring it? Is that the one where Devon asks you to donate every time you talk to him? Or is that just shut your mouth? It's one of those two. Every time you talk to Devon, he asks if you can donate to his build fund. <laughs> I, th- I want to say it was uh, I want to say it was SmackDown versus Raw because he was that was when he was the preacher, right? True. Yeah. 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 Here comes the pain is an awesome game though. I had, I had when I was a kid. I had the PlayStation manual for it. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. Back when you had to buy the manuals, at yeah. Pokemon. Oh, every time, dude. I got manuals for the cheat codes. True. Got a the cheat codes. Oh yeah. I just miss being able to fight on a helicopter. That's all I want. Give me that in 2K22, and we'll be set. True. Here comes the tables. Occam's table coming into play. <laughs> if there's a table set up, it will go off. Yep. That's check off, like, Chekhov's uh, table. Sorry, not Occam's table. table Got to get uh, my philosophy I, right. Yeah, come on, man. My roommate Drew would be very disappointed in me. As a philosophy <laughs> minor, I am offended. You're a philosophy minor, Taylor? I learn something yes, new about you a, every day, brother. I, I am a <laughs> philosophy minor. From philosophy minor to... Independent wrestling general manager. Oh, you nice. can do anything. That's well. That's how you get Eric Bischoff, I guess. <laughs> how, oh, how, yes, I, yeah. how how could I incorporate philosophy into? I actually wrote a paper in a philosophy class about, about wrestling. wrestling. That's a great subject yep. for it. I really think it is. Yep. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, my roommate's a big well, philosophy guy, and him and I were talking about how wrestling weaves into it. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have that conversation. We can have that conversation one day. I'll find it. Oh, hell I'll yeah. find the paper, and we can discuss it. Dude, yeah, you got to send me that paper. He would love it. I think it was mostly BS. Doesn't matter. I did a wrestling paper on it as a mythology, and I bullshit had half of that. Oh, wrestling as mythology, you could absolutely do, though. The, the, the yes movement was my case study. Okay. Ooh. I like, we're going to have to go over our... Uh, do you have any? Uh, I don't know where you went to college, but you got any uh, essays? I actually I went to school for uh, machining and uh, quality control, so oh, I yeah. really didn't have to write any papers. Did you do trade oh, school? Okay. 
Yeah. Nice. Dude, trade school's awesome. Yeah, man. I learned I a lot of going shit. Back, Rock going ball. back to uh, psychology. Oh, hell yeah, man. And um, Be like Xavier Woods, get a PhD. Yes. Yeah, man. Psychology's great. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot there's a ref bump in this. Yeah. Did you did you miss it? He no, I watched like it. The shit out of him. Oh, no. I watched <laughs> yeah. it. Turn the ref inside out. Cena taking a ref out. He's going to murder this man. What if they, uh, uh, in an alternate universe, I really wonder what this match would have been like had Cena gone over. Uh, in yeah, a riot. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, the sign says. And they're New York, so I honestly... Oh, Jesus. I honestly would have believed it. They would have had to call in NYPD. New York's finest on the scene. Yeah. Jesus, man. He, he ate that one. Yeah. We need some oh, solid steel Smackdown Not the SmackDown yeah. Kevin Patrick. Even Kevin though, Patrick. even though Cena was on Raw, <laughs> I don't know if you watched the uh, throwback SmackDown the other week, but they brought the uh, the old throwback. They had those ref shirts. Good, was awesome. And then they I didn't have they any logos match at all. <laughs> I know, man. Like they, <sighs> they couldn't decide Jeez. what era SmackDown. One, the eighties didn't even SmackDown. Yeah, <laughs> they're the old WWF logo from yeah. a time where SmackDown didn't exist. <laughs> so can WWE just not even use the scratch graphic? Like, I feel like there I'm, is a uh, way they can use the WWF logo. Oh, shit. Anyways, fuck what I was is. saying. Fuck what I was saying. Seriously. <laughs> I remember watching this being like, who is that? So I was a dumbass kid and I didn't know it was Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I hated this man growing up, dude. Absolutely oh, despised absolutely. Edge. I loved Edge, but I got in when he was like good Edge. Actually, I got in. He, when he is good Edge in this. I, I got in when he was doing the Vicky Guerrero storyline. That was bad Edge. That was bad Edge. Yeah, but then then I think he did eventually. Turn face and I was I always loved his moose at the Go most, in there so. and get him, Rob. They're both cheering for him. You're gonna hit the roof on this uh, on the Hammerstein ballroom. Yeah. I wanna go the, there. I heard they have concerts too. Here we go. I mean it's a it's a venue that's actively used. There you go. I like uh I like their call on this cover right here. Uh, I'll yeah, cause they're like, wake up, <laughs> wake up, damn it. Yeah. Is ref bleeding from the ear too? Damn. Oh no, he wasn't. Holy. Cover him. Hey. It's Taz saying, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to close well, off your pay per view. Is. Yeah. Did they have to? I, always did they, I wonder if they audibled this. Yeah, I. I was about to say I always wondered like what they talk about when they go backstage. Like 
what didn't go to plan. Afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the celebration on this is great. They heard the official announcement. I wonder if there was like another ref that was supposed to come out there and then Paul was just like, fuck it, I'll go, <laughs> whatever. Like, nope, I'm doing it. Kyoto's putting yeah, his contact like... lenses in. I'll go out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some bullshit like that. Oh, dude, another what could have been here with Rob Van Dam and his WWE title run, too. Oh, yeah. RVD 420, <laughs> that sign didn't age well. <laughs> Big Show's like, what the fuck? Fuck you, dude. Oh, man. Well, that was One Night Stand 2006. John Cena and Rob Van Dam. Chuck, I'll ask you first as the guest of honor, the Carolina Chaos Champion. Uh, what'd you think of the match, man? I don't know if you bought uh, last time you watched this, but give us your thoughts. Uh, last time I watched it was 2006. This is... Hell uh, yeah. It was... I liked it. I yeah. liked it. It was a solid match. That's for sure. There was a lot of a lot of holy shit spots as yeah. well. Yeah, man. I thought this was really solid, and as we saw, it was supposed to be RVD's crowning moment on top of the WWE. But as we know, if and if you don't, him and Sabu got busted for the weed. They got yeah. pulled over the yeah. weed. We do not uh, say stay off the weed here because that would be very hypocritical. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> it would be immensely. Just listen to any of my rants on the podcast. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but uh, I, this is a great match. RVD was over like Rover here. Nobody could oh, touch yeah. him, and it's a shame that we got WWE CW and we got the drug charges on top of this. Taylor, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is an iconic, iconic, iconic match, match of our generation, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, this this is really the last true ECW atmosphere. So, oh, yeah. um, it's it's one for the for the memories for sure. Yeah, and they couldn't ride the wave of it. ECW, I think, had just had its time by then, run right. its course stylistically. But what a match and what a way to kind of like at least signal that they were trying to make RVD a big deal. And RVD, Hall of Famer this year, class of 2021. So good on him. Cena, as we know, going to go down as one of, if not the greatest of all time. I will say it. Get mad, Twitter. Go to Tay oh, Redacted yes. oh, yeah. on Twitter if you have a problem with that. Excuse me? <laughs> no, what? Excuse me. Uh, nah, I didn't just, I didn't just give, away, give away your Twitter for that. No. Uh, but Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can the people find you to keep up with what you're doing? Oh, man. Well, you know, you can find me on Facebook, man, Charles Carroll. Or you can find me on Instagram, man, Charles C93. Awesome, and it rhymes too, so it's hard to miss. Oh, yeah. You got any uh, shows you're wrestling at coming up that you want to plug on the podcast? Feel free to tell the people where you're at. You never know where they may be listening. Well, actually, uh, I'll be in Bell, West Virginia, uh, May, May 20th. And um, as far as I know, that is the, that's the next show. Hell yeah, so you got a little bit of time, one on one time with that title now. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, You're man. You're the belt with you? Are you? <laughs> hey, I can. You can? You got the okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah, dude. We'd love to see you wearing that out and uh, repping ECCW, man. We would love to. Absolutely. But yeah, man, whenever you're always welcome back on the podcast. This was a blast. Would love to watch another match with you. I'm looking forward to calling some of your matches on top of this division here in ECCW, and I cannot wait 
to see what the future holds for you, man, because you are a prospect for the future, man. We are building this company on your back for this Carolina Chaos Division, and I know you are ready to take that load. Oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to take that burden. You're going to run with it, run with the ball you are given. And as we mentioned, we got a lot of dream matchups coming back. What do you think? I didn't ask you this before we started watching the match, but maybe a rematch with Jay Malachi in the future. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man. Jay is a very tough competitor. I can't. uh, I would love to see that man again. Yeah, man, dude, him and Jackson both hell of a, they're they're amazing as a team, but, and everyone can go on for as long as they want and how great the wrestling prodigies are as a tag team because you're preaching to the fucking choir there, but them as singles guys, I've gotten to call both of their matches and oh boy, dude, I can't wait to see them because I know they're going to team up. But I can't wait to see them kind of tear it up individually as well. So you might have two prodigies to deal with in that Carolina Chaos division. I know, man. That's going to be tough, but it's it's, re- uh, it's something I'm willing to do. That's have you sure. wrestled Jackson yet? Not yet. Oh, dude. Uh, I feel like you two would tear the house down. I got oh, yeah, it. Absolutely. Well, Chuck, thank you so much I for am- coming on the podcast, man. Seriously. Taylor, you got something? Uh, I'm, I'm listening respectfully. I'm, I'm listening and I'm jotting things down in my head. Jotting things down so, in your head. Yeah, man. Well, we got the GM already <laughs> already foaming at the chops, dude, for what matches he, he wants to line up for you. But Chuck, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Enjoy your time with the title. You have earned it. The new Carolina Chaos Champion, Chuck Edwards, everybody. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Well, Taylor, episode 20, man, what a way to kick it off, dude. We had Chuck Edwards on and our first ever champion, Taylor. How good does it feel to finally have a champion in ECCW? It, it, feels, it feels right. You know, we've waited so long. We've waited so long to even have an ECCW match. We had we the first ever match between Raven and uh, Damon Ace. Um, and now... We have our first ever champion, and it was great to have him on. So, Yeah, man, Chuck Edwards is an absolute beast, as we said to his face in the ring. No shame in that, or in the podcast. He's an absolute beast. Uh, excited to see him kind of carry that chaos division. But, Taylor, we are back to the grind as usual. Episode 20, we are going on with NXT and AEW. So let's get started with some NXT. Taylor, take us through Tuesday night. Okay, so we started the night off. Um, we knew coming into this week that we were we had a number of big matches uh, planned for the week, and we started with Karrion Cross uh, facing Austin Theory. And let me tell you what, Karrion uh, Cross done sent this man to God, as he should. I mean, he beat the ever living hell out of Austin Theory. It was the first time that a member of QAnon has actually beaten up a pedophile. I thought you tweeted so, that. I, I was about to say yeah, that if you didn't. Good. I did. I threw you a um, like on that one. So, thank you. I appreciate it. I, everyone should like my tweets, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, nothing really to write home about in terms of the match. It seems just like beats a, the hell out of them. Uh, it, yeah, it seems like I'm one of the only people who actually enjoy Taylor's Twitter. But <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Based on uh, the action today, yeah, you are correct. As we'll get into. Um, it. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Um, after the match, um, carrying, you know, looking all evil in the camera pans just over his shoulder and Finn Balor is standing right there. So looks like, um, Finn is going to get his rematch. So we're going to get another cross versus Balor match. And it wasn't bad. It was good last time. So they can only get better. 
and cross yeah. um, starting to show flashes starting to show flashes look you i've know, always I love, i've been a fan of him i've been a fan of him he's i know you uh, first off i mean you know what i think best interest in wrestling and i is, agree a thousand percent i agree it can come out both of us but um um yeah so good way to start the night uh moving forward we went to msk versus brizongo and look i think we've talked about it on the show before about how brizongo especially tyler breeze are just so solid like tyler breeze is such a perfect Dude, this trainer match because rules. he just does yeah he just does everything well and this match exemplified that yeah um, tyler breeze's they, movements in the ring are phenomenal yeah, absolutely. And he's just, everything he does has intention to it. Nothing, yes. He doesn't waste motion. It looks important. Every um, movie does looks good. Yeah. So, um, obviously this match was fantastic. Thankfully, they muted the crowd um, and just cranked up the 2K noise so we didn't have to hear them booing MSK because they're stupid idiots. Um, Why would you boo also these had a Because they're dumb. Um, also, we had this a hilarious referee spot um, where the referee did a drop down in a leapfrog uh, of Tyler Breeze. It was it was so funny, dude. I was uh, I was I was in the bathroom when that happened, and I I was watching NXT with my roommates because they're all wrestling fans now, and. I get out of the bathroom and my roommate pauses it and he never pauses wrestling and goes, dude, you just quote missed some fuck shit. And I was like, okay, what is said fuck shit? And I go back and I watch that spot and that's a pretty good, uh, there's very few words that can describe that spot. I highly encourage everyone to go back and watch it, but fuck shit is definitely one of those words. That, that is one way to describe it. Um, but it was fun. Very. Uh, Next up, uh, another just absolute dissection. Oh, who of the won that match, Taylor? Tonight. Who won that match? MSK, right? I did, yes. actually did not write it down. MSK won it, I believe. Yeah. I was going to say, did you, did you do that on... I was like, did he just forget to mention the winner? We're live, pal. I'd, I'm realizing now that I did not write down the winner on a lot of these matches. <laughs> good thing I watched and NXT so just, I can back you up. Just, yeah, cool. That's really good job. Taylor, that's awesome. We're live, idiot. pal. I think um, it's become the first official saying of the podcast. So we're yeah. live, pal. Come on, yeah. Taylor. Let's get it. Anyways, uh, next up, I know who wins this match. Pete Dunn, uh, because he breaks every single bone in Leon Ruff's he body. He murdered Leon Ruff. Ruff is, Leon Ruff is so good at getting beat up. Poor he guy. Is. But he's, he is. he's so good at making other people look good. And I think selling. that'll be his role. Yeah, he's great at being the underdog, and he'll get his underdog wins, and that'll make him fun to watch. But his best role is getting beat up and making other people look oh, good. Because yeah. he does a great job of it. So, uh, Pete Dunne uh, wins this match. I think he has some... He, he puts out some intentions on... Um, was it? It was on, the champion. the NXT was, title still. Yeah, yeah, on the champion, yeah. He said he's not scared so, of Cross. Give me that. Maybe, maybe he's still itching. I, I mentioned last week, maybe we get a triple threat uh, for the yeah. number one contendership. And, um, and even though Adam Cole wasn't on TV this week, right? Was he? No, he was not. He was Why not. isn't Adam Cole on TV? I don't know. Guy get, the guy deserves a break. I know, but I like Adam Cole. <laughs> um, they released his entrance theme, Truth. so there's that. that, counts. that um, I, him and Kyle O'Reilly's theme are both good. They, they both grew on me. I liked Kyle's better than Cole's when I first heard it, but both of them have grown uh, on me a fair bit. I like Kyle's a lot. I need to listen to Adam's a couple more times. Yeah. 
So I haven't I haven't made my decision on that one yet. Um, you, you, first, you know me, the wheels first, turn. Was, the wheels fan, turn. But, the wheels turn as a music director. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, next up, we had our uh, first hour main event. Um, it was Raquel Gonzalez versus Mar- Mercedes Martinez for the NXT Women's Championship mm-hmm. in a, a really good match. I, I enjoyed know, it. I've had some. I've had some, I've, I've kind of been back and forth with how I feel about Mercedes. Like, obviously, I know that she's kind of a, an indie icon. She's kind she's of been everywhere, vet. done a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't, nothing had really clicked for me with her in, in WWE yet. But this match absolutely did. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting how they really played up the style difference between the two. Mercedes, you know, was really taking it to Raquel. One of like a street fight was taking it to the outside, trying to brawl because that was like her style. I dug that a lot. Meanwhile, Raquel, yeah, yeah, and Raquel was countering it with her power. So it was kind of this back and forth between they told you know, a good story. Mercedes, yeah, Mercedes being scrappy and Raquel, you know, using her power wow, to, leave it, to leave, overpower. Yeah, leave it to Shawn Michaels and the NXT production team to put on a good match. Wow. Shocker, right? Storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they, they, got, they gave him a ton of time, which was awesome. And, you know, there was, there was one, like, kind of awkward botch moment, but other than that, like, good match. Uh, obviously, Raquel does retain women's title, and um, we'll see where she goes from here. Oh, yeah. Um, next up, we had the unveiling of Swerve Scott's new group. We saw it uh, previewed last week, but we officially got a name this shit to rules. it. It is called Hit Row. Uh, it features Ashanti the Adonis, AJ Francis, and Brianna Brandy. Um, I'm, I'm all in on it. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, some of the rap is kind of like, all right, guys. Um, yeah, uh, the promo I, was eh, but like introducing them, it did what it did. You know, I like the people who are in it, and exactly. I want to see what they'll do. And I think Swerve, you know, he's kind of been. It's. It I been like how he said he's been thinking dangerously the past six months. I fuck with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and he, he has because the yeah. last six months have absolutely been the highlight of his NXT career so far, and Agreed. he's only gotten better. Yeah, and I think I think I think we talked about it last week, but he, this is hopefully the thing that might bring him up into the main event scene. Yeah, um, or at least, he, he or at least the NXT North American picture. He needs to be in something other than the cruiserweight picture. That's for yeah, sure. He's he's better than that. Yeah. I mean, so is Kushida, but and yeah. so is Santos. Yeah, I think... And all three of them are pretty much making a... I think Kushida, I'm just glad he has a belt. Yeah, me too. You know, and I think that's the good one to get on him because you're going to get some great fucking matches out of Kushida Ooh. with that. And Speaking with Leon... Great matches, we're going to talk about one of those yeah, later. Yeah, and, but with, with, with Swerve, this promo did exactly what it needed to do because I'm sold behind it. I think Swerve looks like an absolute beast. Uh, whenever he walks out with them, I feel like someone's going to get beat up. Yeah, I 100% agree, so... Cool. Very excited for that. See where that goes. What are they called um, again? Next up, they what? What are they called again? I already forgot. Oh. <laughs> that's the bad Hit thing. Hit row. Hit row. All right, that's Hit cool. Row. I dig it. Yeah. It'll take a. It'll take a minute, but I dig it. Yeah. Uh, early, apparently, in the night, they uh, teased or they made uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Oni Lorcan. They had some like parking lot showdown kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh, yes, that's gonna be that's gonna be very good." Um, we wanted, you know, hard hitting technical between these two and that's what we got. Obviously both these two guys are, they love to hit each other hard and they love to, you know, they're, they're both technically superb as well. Yeah. Um, and they, they put on a very, very good match. That was kind of just, you know, thrown together. Um, I, I, 
Tony's kind of in limbo after Danny Birch's injury, so I don't know. Maybe they'll throw him in the cruiserweight picture. I would like I to see that. I was going to say, uh, Oni's not doing anything that he wouldn't be doing if Danny wasn't there, you know? Like, yeah, if Oni was I a mean, singles guy, that's where he'd, what he'd be, be doing, probably. Mm, and so at least I he gets to get in the ring with Kyle. Yeah, and, and what I mean by it is that I think it would be nice for him to, instead of just kind of having, you know, randomly set up matches, to actually have something more I agree. You know, drawn out. Like, Some storyline. I, I think he'd be a great, a great challenger for Kushida, potentially. Yeah, so, I'd be um, down. At the end of the match... Um, Pete Dunn comes out, attacks Kyle O'Reilly. Um, there, Kyle is getting beat up by Oni and Pete Dunn. And who comes to save him? Bobby Fish. He's oh, been released from federal hell. prison for storing yeah. the Capitol. Um, oh my God, Taylor. He is, he is finally back. Um, they, he's able to help Kyle fight off Pete and Oni. And then after they do that, um, he looks at Kyle and Kyle says to him, he's like, Hey, I appreciate it, but I'm doing my own thing now. And Bobby says, I understand. And they shake hands, and it looks like they are going their separate ways, and there will be no more Red Dragon. That's pretty Um, amicable, though. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It it didn't look like they were setting anything up. It looked like they were kind of just... Man, what does um, Bobby Fish do, dude? (laughs) I have a feeling, even though it looked amicable, that they might, you know, run with that a little bit. Maybe he'll They should. Maybe he'll face Adam Cole. Maybe he'll get together with Roger because we still don't know what Roger's doing. Yeah, Roger resigned. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, forgot um, about that shit. So we would no follow up on that. So there's still some um, some mix up we could do within the Uh old members of Undisputed Era. So definitely we'll see where that goes. Um, Finally, we get to our main event: uh, two out of three falls match between Kushida and. Santos. Hell yeah. I'm realizing I didn't even... I paused because I didn't even write down who the fucking match was against, and it was two days ago or three days ago, and my memory doesn't last that long. Yeah, I gotta do better. Gotta do better. So, um... We'll, we'll figure it out, okay? Work in progress, people. Anyways, Again, we're live, pal! Anyways, this match was awesome. Um, two out of three falls matches can be hit or miss. Um, they kind of have to follow a certain formula, especially when they, like this match only had 30 minutes. It was NXT's and favorite stipulation in 2019. That's true. It was all of WWE's favorite uh, yeah, stipulation that whole because year. the whole Vince, uh, well, not the whole year, but like the months where he was like, no wrestling during commercials. So every match was a two out of three. Yeah. Match. Remember that? Like, yeah. During the fucking, wild, what was it? The wild card? <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting that? era. Yeah, interesting era for everyone involved. Before it started thumping and then Corona hit, but yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, I sometimes get the sense that um, Kushida's matches can be repetitive and he kind of does the same few, like, lead-up spots Mm -hmm. in every match. But this match, it was like right as I was starting to feel like, I was like, oh, here we go. They just absolutely went off. Yeah. And they, they just, these two dudes, someone said, these guys are wrestling in all caps. And I was like, absolutely. Um, it was it was amazing stuff. Oh, no, really they amazing top, they top um, the title match they had a couple weeks ago, but goddamn it, dude! Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what should I have expected, with, though? I should have expected that from these guys. In, in this in this case, you know, with a two out of three falls match, you have to have that sequence where it's like one guy gets a fall and then another guy immediately gets the fall. So because you can't really draw them out too long, especially yeah, when they're short then, on time. Yeah, and you'll get them disinterested too. Yeah, yeah. Especially so, and they did that, or they did that spot. 
they did that spot perfectly for yeah. me. Um, so, and in the final pinfall, the, the suplex that Kushida did, I've never seen in my life. Oh, that was, was so cool, dude. And the pain that he got, it was, I mean, I can't even explain it. He had his arms, both of them, like, behind his back, and then you flipped them over. It was Northern Lights, but also armpit. It was, it was something. Kushida's was a amazing. great wrestler. Yeah, well, it, he's Kushida, obviously. Yeah. And I, hopefully, I'd like him to keep using that. That was... That's a I good mean, finish. breaking that out every, every week or so, so. And now he's got two with the hoverboard lock. Yep. Yeah, because he can kind of use it as an alternative. If and you know, every good champion has two finishers. <laughs> uh, true. true. Ta- unless um, you're like fucking Triple H. That's yeah. Well, nowadays maybe I, I think you could say yeah. Um. Anyways, I think that's that kind of covers everything with NXT. Didn't see much of the way this week. I think they kind of gave him the week off. Um, there were a few people, like you said, uh, Adam Cole wasn't here. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was so no no furtherance of uh, Loomis and uh, Indy. We need index. Uh, we need index. Give me my index. Um, I'm sure they'll be back next week. We did get a uh, another uh, Cameron Grimes, that damn Ted DiBiase that damn. Uh, uh, vignette. So that was that was another fun fun little thing. Um, oh, but still, Billy yeah. show. Hell yeah! Dude. Well. I guess. Yes, that brings us dynamite. Uh, There was, I said it was a stack dynamite on paper. Uh, I was kind of capping because it was all right. It was good. I enjoyed a few matches in particular. So this isn't going to be your normal Andrew rambles about dynamite and gets everything off his chest review, but let's get through it. Opened up with the IWGP United States championship match between John Moxley and Yuji Nagata. And John Moxley comes out to Wild Thing by the Trogs, which, again, on paper, really fucking dope. Watching it, meh, people got butthurt about it and didn't understand that it was a reference to uh, Onita. So do your fucking homework, kids. Watch the product. That's all I have to say about that entrance, I guess. But Moxley and Nagata... I mean, if you watch Japan, you know both of these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. And Nagata is a guy that Moxley idolized growing up and loved, especially if you watch the promo, you know that. So this was a hard-hitting affair. Nagata busts Moxley open at some point in the match, and Moxley has to pretty much just beat down Nagata in order to hit a pretty much surprise paradigm shift Death Rider. You should start calling it the Death Rider in AEW. Come on. Um, I agree. Yeah, because Death Rider is so fucking cool. Anyways, hits the Death Rider, drops Nagata on his head. One, two, three. Moxley retains. And then after the bell, something really, really cool. Nagata and Moxley on their knees. Uh, Moxley bows. Sign of respect to Nagata. Uh, that returned by Nagata to Moxley. And that what a good way to open the show, dude. Again, dynamite openers. Death taxes and dynamite openers. You know they're going to be solid. Things you can't avoid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Nakata's old. He can't. He can't I, go. My like expecta- he, yeah, my expectations were were not like through the roof. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I, I was just like, it's cool to see him on dynamite. Yeah, and it was a good that match. Was, that was kind of my main takeaway. And it was a good match. And they got fine, and yeah. they got decent time for an opener, though. Yeah. Again, dynamite opener, solid. Get me hooked into the I'm show. I'm gonna say hot take. Uh, the Trogs version of Wild Thing is nowhere close to the, to the cover. one that. Uh, Agreed. I agree. It's got more energy. Thousand percent. Yeah. And that Trogs one came out in like '66. So, <laughs> is it considered like the first ever like it's metal one of, song or it's like one, hard rock song? Yeah, it's one of the first ever rock songs. Yep. 
I think, or like hard rock songs. Yeah, yeah. the modern era. That's fucking crazy, dude. Anyways, oh Taylor, I don't want to cover this segment, man. I really don't. <laughs> we got, we we have to, we have to. For it was the, all that people were talking about for the culture. <laughs> We will talk about this because last week, if you didn't tune in, we talked about the Deadspin article where Cody needs to fuck off more in the history than anyone ever fucked off. And what did he do this week? He came he, out and proved everything in that article correct. Pretty much, dude. He comes out and starts talking about political parties and then he starts bringing up segregation. What? And, and, and I... I Atlanta and then he brings up his his beautiful black and white baby girl which is awesome dude congratulations on the baby Cody and Brandy but it just felt so off and like it felt like a black mirror episode of wrestling I was watching dude because the crowd was going along with it I don't know if you felt the same way, well, I mean, Taylor. Of course they were going along with it. I mean, Cody. Oh, yeah, because, oh, and another thing we have to mention, right, when he talked about segregation and his mixed daughter, they cut to a clearly planted fan in the audience <laughs> with a BML shirt, or BLM shirt, uh, standing up and clapping. Which just, has since claimed uh, that he was not a plant. How many times on Twitter? How many times on Twitter? Fifty thousand followers on Twitter and taking a picture like with people before the show and then sending out a very clearly written for him tweet after the show. Like, and how many times on, on Twitter did he say he wasn't a plant? Any time he was vanity searching Cody promo plant to contradict anyone who said he was. Oh, he's vanity searching. So, so Cody must have given him a couple pointers back there. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. This was just weird. And then he goes into yeah. something about he segues into a go-go just absolutely out of nowhere. And basically says that, yo, you didn't leave your country for the UK dream. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then he goes, you left it for the American dream. Motherfucker. But wait, it gets worse. He goes, one night only, nothing in appearance will change, but I won't be the American nightmare. I will be the American dream. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I can't contain it, dude. Why? I, uh, Why? I get it. For any Cody fans out there, I get it. Dusty would probably want him to do it too. Just the, the, the way you got there and then the delivery of it. Number one, you fucked up the launch. Number two, you didn't stick the landing. Figure it out, Cody Rhodes. I've been saying it for months on the podcast. Figure your shit out. And the more I talk about this, I'm just going to get mad, Taylor. I mean... There's not much you can say about this. I mean, other than me just blood curdling screams. If you are active on Twitter, you when I gotta go back to work. That the reaction to this was one of the most. I, I did not see a single positive word about it, and that was even from people who are typically AEW obsessive. I did not see a positive word about it. That's how insane it was. Okay. It was. Uh, I mean. 
You didn't even you didn't even talk about the fact that he said that the U.S. Department of Transportation hands out visas. No, they don't. I didn't <laughs> even hear that. Not even remotely close. Am I going to listen to Cody Rhodes talk about America? It's look. It was one of the most out of touch he, he, individuals who probably it, lives a luxurious life. If I remember correctly, I, I might Google this right now. Um, he has said in an interview before that he is wants to run for office when he um, reveals plans for a political career after wrestling. That was that's November how you get 9, 2016. That's how you get 2016 guys. November 9th, 2020. He wants to be, he, he's we don't get political do, here, but he, he, he has said he wants to, this, what I'm saying is this promo felt like a speech that he's going to like splice into a political ad when he eventually runs for office. Oh as my a God, you're, you're exactly right. Like it was like the way he said, my daughter's no. going to be you know, no. white and black and accept no. both identities. That was the most, that was no. oh, so reek, it reeked of all lives matter. Just realization. Typical. That realization it, just sunk into me. He's going to put that on a fucking political ad. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, want to talk about this man anymore, Taylor. It's, it's going to make me genuinely angry, and I got to go back to work and use my voice in an hour. Okay. Well, then, look, we if, if, we don't need to talk about it because so many people have. Yeah. But we're we're, look, we're you, preaching you know to the choir. Was, yeah. You guys was, know how um, we feel. Yeah. Fuck you, Please. Cody. I'm sorry. <laughs> there it is. Fuck you, dude. Come on, figure it out. I've snapped. Uh, nothing against you, Cody, uh, genuinely, but you know, uh, up next AW world title match or world tag team title match between SCU and the young bucks. And if SCU loses, they disband. This was a really good match. Um, there was a lot of really good. I liked, I, this is the first match where I thought some of the heel stuff that the bucks did was really fucking good. And the one thing, the one note I did take on this match is when they did uh, the super kick spot and Matt Jackson says, I think, to Daniels, I'm sorry, I love you, and mocks the uh, Shawn Michaels flair thing. I actually thought that was really funny. I'm not going to lie. But that being said, the Bucks are still the biggest weebs in wrestling. And what the fuck was Luke Gallows wearing? <laughs> Dude. I don't know, man. But either way, in the end, the Bucks hit the BTE trigger for the win, and SCU are no longer a tag team. Sad. But, you know, every rose as its stone, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so if we put the match in a vacuum and we ignore, you know, any story that went with it or, or whatever... Um, the match itself was great. And like you said, the Bucks did some pretty great heel things. Like they For were just, once in the run. They were scummy heels. And I, I also liked the, um, the, the Shawn Michaels mocking. It made me laugh. Spot. I was like, yo, yeah, that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. It made me go, oh, you son of a bitch. Like yeah, that, I was like, that kind yeah. of reaction to it. Yeah. Like, um, but when you kind of zoom out and you, and you look at it, in the context of the storyline that it's in, what was it? Like it was a side, was, it was they, a side quest. Just, and is that really what SCU deserves? No. For their retirement? No, because what I thought they got dirty on was when the Bucks were still baby faces. 
and they were going to lead this up right when it should have happened. And then you do the heel turn with the Bucks and Moxley. Couldn't have thought to do that, AEW? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it just... It just, it didn't feel, it doesn't feel respectful to SCU. I they, agree. They didn't even give him like, they barely gave him like a post-match. Hey, they put some respect like, on their name. Like they're bad influence. Okay, they're bad influence. If you know TNA. That's for my TNA peeps. Yeah. Yes, yes. But like, this, they, these guys have, are a legendary tag team. They are. And they were just retired as a minor event in a larger... Like, they were still after the match, they were focusing on, on Mox, Mox and, and Kingston, Kingston yeah. instead of... Like, this should have been its own story that happened, and the match should have happened why, in the pay-per-view. Why didn't they put it on Blood and Guts? There you go. Why didn't they put it on, on Double or Nothing? Because and I wouldn't put that over... Mox and Eddie, honestly, if well, I'm, if I, I I'm putting my should, Booker I hat Mox on, stuff that, that that can have Mox and Eddie go after uh, Gallows and Anderson for a bit. Have them work with them. Let the Bucks do this thing with SCU, really, because because this can build. I mean, obviously, the SCU are fan favorites because they're they're legends, they're yeah. icons in the industry. So that's going to build up um, the Bucks' heel heat, and then you could have them retire them. That's going to make them people yeah. angry, obviously. But instead, it was just kind of a minor event and a larger story. That, that's just for me. It didn't. It doesn't sit right with. I with get it. How SCU are for sure. Know? Yeah, and and I totally I I agree with you on that. I do. I think they deserved better. Cause cause yeah, I've been watching them since God two thousand nine as a tag team. Good lord. Yeah. So it, it was really sad that. Just watching them for the five seconds that they did get on television afterwards, as you mentioned. Actually, no, wasn't even on television. It was on. It was coming back from commercial break. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I, I do think it was a good match, and story in the match was great. I, I think they booked the feud in reverse, though. I really think they did. Just like, just like, kind of. I've been seeing people making that inner circle pinnacle argument that they're doing the feud backwards, and I get it. Like blood and guts should have been the blow off. Then you do stadium or and you do stadium stampede afterwards. But I think it's more applicable here with the Bucks and SCU because you had a feud that was already going, and you could have either done it at one of your big dynamite specials or at Revolution even because that's how far back you booked this shit. So it's a little yeah. confusing. Yeah, I am excited for Mox and Kingston versus the Bucks though. I am. I will unashamedly admit that. So I think Mox and Kingston have been tearing shit up, and anytime they're on the TV, I'm gonna watch. Yeah, like I'm so excited for that. I just think it could. I think it overshadowed. I think the post match and all that overshadowed what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we are. Um, World title eliminator match: Orange Cassidy and Pac. These guys are putting on a pretty decent match. Um. Until Pac just starts murdering Orange Cassidy. And Orange Cassidy, I think it was after like a Liger bomb he took. Pretty much limp. Ain't moving in the ring. And Kenny and or Don Callis actually comes out and with a mic and says, We need a winner, Pac! We need a winner! We need a winner, Pac! End him! End him! And he's just badgering him. And I'm laughing at this because Don Callis is fucking amazing. <laughs> um... And while he's distracting Pac from behind, 
Kenny Omega enters the ring with the AEW world title and bashes Pack over the back of the skull with it, thus giving us a no contest, which leads Tony Schiavone to come out here to get bullied by Don Callis and Kenny Omega for a couple of minutes before announcing that there will be a triple threat at Double or Nothing for the AEW world title, Kenny Omega versus, versus Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Sure. It's my reaction. I'm happy because I get to see yeah, both of these guys uh, in the match. I think, I think the way they got there was a little odd. Well, I think it was, I think Orange Cassidy was legit hurt. I don't think, think, I think they, kind of, they were definitely scrambling. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw on Twitter that he was like shoot hurt and that they really? were, they kind of just threw that in part together to, to make it, you know, uh, right. So I hope he's okay. Honestly, so I don't know what so the deal they, is. So they, they turned a, wor- a shoot and do a work. Yeah. So, yeah. oh shit, you're hurt. Let's make this the finish. Or was it in the match yeah. they were calling it? Did he get hurt in the um, match or was he hurt before? Yeah, I think the Liger bomb hurt him. Oh, no fucking. I mean, he landed right on the back of his neck. Okay, so if they called all of that on the fly, you know what? Sure. That was pretty good then. Now, now could the triple threat have been planned and they were going to get to it somehow? Uh, yes, obviously it could have. I mean, they had that graphic ready, so maybe that was planned, but the way they That's got there That's what I was wondering. I yeah, I don't know. But I, um, I hope Orange Cassidy is okay. He's a hell of a performer, and he's finally getting a world yeah. title shot, and he's in there with two of the very best in the world. I am in. So, best yeah. obviously, you know, Orange Cassidy's a, uh, Obviously, Orange Cassidy's a homegrown talent at AEW. <laughs> God, uh, man. Sorry. Um, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. Uh, let's move to the pinnacle coronation. Nothing really of note happens here because Tully Blanchard goes on a coke filled rant about women and rings and clothes. MJF's wearing a fucking crown. It was yeah, weird. I skipped this until I saw them getting sprayed with stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Just as the celebration got to a start, uh, the inner circle roll in on some sort of champagne truck, it looks like, with a little bit of the bubbly logo on the side. That isn't veiled that isn't veiled all too well. Um, so you know it's gonna fucking happen. Inner Circle says or Jericho with a taped up or a I guess a gauzed up elbow and a splint. He's shoot hurt for six to eight weeks, apparently. Um oh, wow. So we'll see. Uh, I think that'll be a cinematic match. So we'll see if Stadium Stampede is any indication. Either way, he says, spoiler alert, we want to fight you one more time. And MJF says, no. Your answer is what? My answer is no. Your answer is what? My answer is no, Chris. All right. Thought you'd say that. Get him, boys. And we're like, what? Then Sammy G mounts I shouldn't say that like that. Sammy G takes hold of a champagne gun and starts squirting the inner circle with the champagne and drenching them. They're getting them. They're clearly recreating that rock Austin spot with the corporation and the McMahons. MJF and Wardlow are selling it pretty well, though, I have to say. And they accept. Again, this is another thing where the destination is good. The end match, just like with the, uh, I'd say the tag match, and even you know the the circumstances that happened with the last match with the world title, um, the destination was good. The journey we how we got there, not so much. I didn't really enjoy it. 
you know and when the champagne came out thought it was kind of tacky i'm not gonna lie i didn't enjoy it i thought it was just them saying we don't know how else to get them to accept a challenge on a scale after throwing me off of a building so let's just spray him with my champagne i bet you that's what chris jericho thought in the creative room i don't know i mean maybe i'm just a little sour on dynamite this week i i look i thought it was that was fine. I, mean, I think I thought it was I don't know, fine. maybe I'm like a child and I'm just entertained by people being sprayed with things like, you know, throwback to Austin. Don't I mean, get me, obviously don't get me wrong. I will always practice, love seeing but. that. I will always love seeing something like that be done because sometimes I wish WWE would do more stuff like that. And they have in some degrees. But again, if I'm putting my critical hat on here, I don't know. Just didn't scratch that itch for me this time. But Stadium Stampede, Inner Circle, and the Pinnacle, that is going to rule. I also think I my mean, expectations are kind of through the roof from last week's Dynamite. I don't know how I feel about the Stadium Stampede because I feel like maybe you should have gone Stadium how Stampede else does the and inner then get over. That's because what I'm Stadium, saying, dude. Stadium Stampede is, is le- far less serious than Blood. It was like last year's Stadium Stampede was a joke. Like yeah. It was a comedy match. So unless they turn it into something else. Which it could. I mean, you can evolve the match. Throw Jericho off the top of the stadium. Or throw MJF off, MJF off the top. Inner Circle's got to get their win back. I wish I was kidding. I think that's what's happening. But who, I mean, this is the regular wrestling review. I don't have sources. This is my prediction. Oh, sorry. You know? Right. We, but, can, um, we can work on that. We can work on that. But uh, I agree. Yeah, it's the same thing with the tag match where I would have done the other shit first and then given SAU a better time. It's the same thing here. Like, kind of yeah. weird that you go blood and guts and th- there's some ass backwards booking going on in AEW. I don't know if they just flipped the papers for a couple of weeks or... I don't know, dude. I don't know. At, I think that's and this a, has been stumbling uh, me because I think a lot... I think a decent amount of AEW's booking has been very solid over their history, their very short history. This is not, this 2021 has been weird for their booking. Ever since revolution, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I don't know the barbed wire yeah. death match, throw them, threw them off. Uh, but it, dynamite's still very good. It's still very enjoyable. I'm being super nitpicky. So I, I don't hate AEW. I really enjoy watching dynamite every Wednesday. I enjoy watching NXT Tuesday at, as well these are probably the two shows i watch the most out of wrestling oh yeah that's you know? pretty much these are pretty much the only ones i watch Tried smackdown i'll watch clips and then raw i don't even bother <laughs> who, who who could who's raw uh next thunder rosa wins a squash match so nothing really uh too important there i do think this is a good way that i think they could build her up to being brit's first challenger because they have some history in that unsanctioned match so that's just me fantasy booking and i want to see them fight again this time with for the title. Yeah. And then right um, after. Uh, my, my note for this was uh, that they crammed all the women's content for the show into they 15 did. minutes. They did because they because did the Brit promo right after too. Cody fucking hell, dude. Time eater. I, I, I'm going to blow a gasket. <laughs> but anyways, give the women more time. Come on. You got a title match in like three weeks. Two weeks. Next, the main event of the evening. TNT title match, Darby Allen, who shows up against Miro, and Miro bum rushes Darby as he gets to the ring. Smell blood in the water, 
and started striking. Darby has gotten minimal offense in up until I'd say like the 950 mark. And then Darby starts mounting a comeback, hits a couple stun dog millionaires. This is a really good match because Darby, there's also a spot where Darby's firing up his comeback and he hits a suicide dive and just bounces off of Miro. I didn't even take a note on that. I literally replayed that in my brain. was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to bring it up just now because that's how fucking dope it was. Go back and watch that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the finish of the match comes when Darby is firing up his comeback, but Miro catches him from the coffin drop, I believe. That was sick. Fucking awesome, dude. And Miro stretches Darby out in the game over and becomes the new TNT champion and afterwards a great shot Miro holding the title and uh kind of cradling Darby like game that he hunted fucking awesome stuff right there and then afterwards Lance Archer comes down and says hey big boy I want your title so we're gonna get two big meaty men smacking me for the TNT title and that's awesome Miro is officially coronated TNT champion head of the division uh it, it was a long journey to get there folks but we did it it is yeah, miro day he was better uh on his own happy did. miro day everybody best man but uh yeah that match was awesome i mean darby i really love this no dude darby's been getting his ass kicked for the past two months on television and all of the matches have been good yeah even the uh, matt hardy one i really liked i think he's the most consistent part of dynamite Oh, like in terms of how good he is. The dude kills himself for our entertainment. Yeah. He is our Jeff Hardy. For sure. For that next generation. Darby yeah. Allen's fucking awesome. But I guess that kind of leads us into a good discussion, Taylor. Because yes. I, 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 I saw you tag the Twitter account and you wanted to talk about, quote, homegrown talent regarding yes. to AEW. Yeah, so hold on, let me get up on my soapbox here. So, yeah, uh, right. let, let, yeah, let me, let me gas you up. I, know, know, me, me, uh, I haven't been on Twitter all day. I know nothing about what you're saying. I'm already an outsider as it is. So fill me in. So, uh, on Twitter today, I, well, actually, this has now happened twice in the last, like, couple days. Um, first was someone referring to Orange Cassidy as a homegrown star for AEW. And today, someone referred to Darby Allen as uh, AEW... Uh, an a WCW star. The um, power plant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think I have, I have my issue is with the word homegrown. Okay. Right. I want to explain to people what I see homegrown to me. Okay. What I see homegrown as is the place that you come up at is where you are homegrown. Okay. Okay. So the argument that was made, the, the only coherent argument that was made against me was from Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, and I appreciate You got into from, it with Sean Ross Sapp? No, I didn't get into it. He, he, I don't even know how he saw my tweet. No, I'm honestly. saying you tweeted it with him? <laughs> yeah, he, he responded to me randomly. Can we get um, him on here? Uh, maybe if he wants to talk about it. Yeah, I would but, love um, to have him talk about it on here. I'll, I'll, maybe if I tweet out this clip, I'll tag him. But um, anyways, um, what I... What he said was that a, a person is homegrown in the place where they get the most, they're their first national attention. Okay. And for Darby, that would be AEW. Orange his Cassidy, first national, no. 
Well, I think so. I don't think think he was nationally. But I think Orange Cassidy was already... If we look at it, I kind of look at it, this is me putting on my journalism out here as like a public figure. You know, if that's the case, Orange Cassidy was already a public figure in wrestling, in the wrestling community. So by just, the time so, he okay, joined okay, AEW. So let me, let me just go. I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. My, I'm going to let you finish. I, yeah, because I think what you're saying is kind of the argument that I was making. Okay. okay? Because, so yeah, so what I was saying was that the place that you come up at before you are even a, a nationally televised wrestler, that is where you were homegrown. So for example, Darby would be homegrown in Evolve in WWN because that's where he came up and first got noticed. Okay. Okay. It wasn't national. He wasn't a superstar, but people knew he was from there. Okay. Some. So what I want to draw this as a parallel is to soccer, because this is how I view homegrown people. Okay. okay. Because the soccer definition of homegrown is the one that I'm using, that a player is homegrown at a club where they you know, spend their youth career or maybe the early days of their senior career before maybe going up to a larger club. So I want to use the example of a player named Deli Ali. Uh, if you're a soccer fan, you'll know who he is. If you're not, um, he plays for the English national team, plays for Tottenham, which is one of the biggest teams in England. Um, but he started his career at a team called MK Dons. Okay? And he spent a large amount of time there from his youth career um, to yeah, eight years total he spent at MK Dons. He is homegrown at MK Dons. That is what he is considered. Okay. Just because he ended up moving to Tottenham, where he has become a star, does not make him homegrown at Tottenham. So does that make sense? It does. But I don't know. I don't know if this analogy would resonate as well with you, but maybe like so you know in college football football how if some player is performing to a level they feel like is best and then the school doesn't feel that way they will transfer and then sometimes become a star at that next school uh for my football fans out there joe burrow there's an example went to ohio state transferred went to lsu there you go i wouldn't say he's homegrown at ohio state even though he did spend three years of his college career there but where I don't can't, know if that's, and I think this is more comparable to one person. I'd say that's Darby Allen because Darby Allen did. He was a name in evolve and he was a name in WWN and uh Southeastern rest or wasn't it? What was it? Northeastern wrestling. NEW no, Southeastern. or Southeastern wrestling. Oh, wait, wait, I don't know. Anyways. No, both of them probably. But I think for Darby's case, at least you could say he's a homegrown talent because that that platform is what made him a name. The I think the I, pla- I think, think I think the platform plays a bigger part than you think in making someone. I, a arguing, I think we're arguing different things. I, are we? Where you're arguing about where he became a star. Uh, I, no. And, oh, okay. Well, homegrown. I still I'm think not arguing that. That's and that's not what the discussion was. To yeah. be to be clear. Yeah, I think for, I think for me, that's not what okay. I took from it. 
I do still so, think Darby uh, is kind of homegrown though, because uh, he he it's it is kind of it does kind of stink now that you mention it the association with star power and being homegrown because like tenure obviously plays a part in where you're homegrown too like you know you could be spending most of your career like like Trevor Lee Cameron Grimes he is someone who's homegrown on the Indies absolutely. Yes, that, see, that's another example. That was my other Maybe, example. I think I was just trying to find a better way to relate to your argument because I was trying to process it a little bit. My brain was kind of on buffer mode, but I, I get what you're saying. I do. I, I just... It's, it's an interesting take. I'm trying to think of... Because like when people do say homegrown talent for AEW, Darby Allen is a name you throw out. Jungle Boy, I would say... Would you say he's a homegrown talent? I... I would say, I would make the argument that AEW does not have any homegrown talents. Any? At the moment, because they weren't trained at a, uh, maybe, maybe the, the arguments you could make would be for the students from the factory. Those, those are the only people I would consider homegrown right, in those AEW. Those people are because also they green as grass, dude. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you just think, proved my point. So exactly. Okay, because so they you were think trained, AEW. They were nothing before they became, like went to the factory. Or, or whatever, you know, an AEW associated hmm. school, which I think the, you would call the factory that. And then they became stars there, and their first, like, they came up in AEW. That was their first okay. place where they got noticed was in AEW. But if that's the bar, so, so basically a kind of sub-argument of your argument would be that AEW is just too young as a company to have any homegrown talent. Yeah, I, I would. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a better conclusion to make. Not that there aren't necessarily some there yet, or in the future. Oh, I yeah, think eventually, like I mean, once right they have now, though, you know, five years under well, okay, absolutely you're have homegrown okay. Stars. I I don't necessarily fully agree with your argument, but you know what, Taylor, I I do I do understand your argument, and I do think it's a valid one. I do. I think your case, I think your barrier of entry is high, but mine isn't much lower, to be fair. So, I'll let bygones be bygones on this one. <laughs> well, but I think it is a valid argument. I think people need to fucking stop talking out of their asses. Yeah, hopefully. That's, um, that's the source of it. People are just talking out of their ass. Yeah, it's I, wrestling people Twitter. are just, any criticism... Of any of, of AEW, it just is amazing. Calls for I'm just going to yell at you, and that's what I experienced today. Coming from the same people who shat on the ending of the match last week, even though the match was great. Yeah, and good to know. I just want to give uh, props to Sean Ross Sapp for actually for being the only person who like was willing to have a. I mean, it didn't really respond at all, but like the the argument he made to me was coherent Logical. and not an asshole and like, not irrational he wasn't lashing out at you yeah because sean because you know why sean ross Sapp is a great journalist that's yeah, why. He's the best journalist in wrestling i think he would actually approve of elon's journalism school because some of the shit i've seen him tweet totally. about about reporting schools uh, reporting stories I respect that man for drawing that line. And whenever fans are like, where's the fucking story, bro? Where's the fucking scoop? He just goes, can you just shut the fuck up for a minute and let me think? Yeah. That's how journalism yeah. works. That is how it works. You need that moment where you just got to shut the fuck up and think. You can't have every, you can't have the, the fucking fans write the story for you. That's how you get 
ringside news. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm calling you out. <laughs> you know where to find me, boys. Right, Vendellis uh, tweets on I, Twitter. <laughs> I've said all I need to say. Um, Do I enter wrestling Twitter guns ablazing this week? <laughs> hey, I mean, that's how I choose. I wake up every morning and she's violence. What so. a debut that would be, right? Would yeah. it ra- rank in the top 10? <laughs> but Taylor, before we say goodbye, uh, some big news happened, I guess, relatively big. Uh, but either way, we are now pals with the New York 50. If you don't know what the New York 50 Twitter account is, they compile a top 50 uh, spreadsheet of people who send in submissions to rank their top 50 WWE wrestlers every year. I have participated. Taylor, I know I'm sure you have participated. I think we've talked about it on the show. I think we've talked about the NY 50. Yeah. But now um, we want to thank the NY 50 and the people involved with that. Taylor, thank you for hooking this up, dude. We are now pals with the New York 50. You can find us on their website. Just give them a little hello. Check out their website. Check out their lists. They're awesome. I think they're really actually representative of the people who actually watch wrestling and are sane. Yes. Yes. The, 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 the most normal people in on wrestling Twitter uh, are the people who uh, submit to the NY participate in the New York 50. Yes. So we just want to give a big shout out to them and everyone who runs it. Uh, we are your pals. You guys are our pals as well. If you ever want to come on the podcast, there's an open invitation. Let's watch a match. So Taylor, where can the people find you? Uh, as always, you can find me at Taylor Redacted. And for some fisticuffs. Yeah, for, for, for me getting yelled at by AEW stands, you can find me there. Uh, but if you want some more ECCW updates, I try to you know retweet everything from the ECCW account or you know tweet out my own thoughts Hell yeah. uh, at ECCWGM. Hell yeah, you can find Elite Combat Championship Wrestling on Twitter at XElitecombatX. Get all the updates on when the next champion's going to be crowned. And if you want to see Chuck's uh, whereabouts, follow him on Facebook and Instagram, everybody. It has been a great show. The great past 20 episodes. We've been doing this shit for 20 weeks off, on and off, Taylor. Can you believe that? Yeah. Almost almost half That's a year, dude. Wild. Oh, my God. And we're still going. We got a lot of big plans, a lot of big matches to watch. So follow the Twitter account, Reg Wrestling Review. Or Reg Rest Review. I fuck it up every week. That is Reg Rest Review. That's where you can find all the news about the podcasts. We're putting clips up there now, y'all. You're going to hear Taylor's rant in about two days. So hope y'all are ready to watch that over again and send it to every AEW stan you know. But until next time, I'm Andrew Vindels signing off. So goodbye and good night. We're